I'm glad that you guys thought that was as funny as I did the first time I saw it. I, I was afraid I'd be like the only one laughing. I'm still over here laughing. Something about the way he throws his hands and just says woohoo. Gets me excited. So, uh, But no, that, I love that video. I love the picture it provides. And I love, I love the message. Very, very simple. Three words. And our, our message for today, Jesus changes everything. And yet, as you, as you watch that in this day and age, you probably know not to, not to trust everything you see in a video because people fake video things all the time. You've seen videos on YouTube where you're like, is, is that real? You know, you wonder, did, did that really happen? Did that guy really make a full court shot while turning flips in midair and, and dunk it? That was incredible. How did he do that? You know that we, we can't trust everything we see on the internet. We can't trust every video that's made. And so uh, I didn't want you to just take the word of, of some guy that, that many of you don't know today. And so I, I took this phrase to, to Google and I just simply Googled changes everything because I wanted to see what Google would tell us changes everything because that is where you get all of your knowledge. You can't trust YouTube, but you can completely trust Google and anything you search on the internet, all right? And also Wikipedia. They're all super reliable sources. So I, I took this to the internet and I, I searched changes everything. And, uh, and the internet, the, the number one thing that came up, it, it said the iPhone changes everything and it has changed my life, I must confess. But that's, that's not the one, number one search. That was way at the bottom. Almost explicitly every time it said, it said money changes everything. Money changes everything. Money changes everything. Like the first 10 hits, money changes everything. And, and you guys have, have probably seen that. I don't, have to, I don't have to tell you that money changes everything because you've seen that, that money changes everything. If you've ever seen a, a show called Behind the Music, Maybe, maybe you've seen that, maybe you, maybe you live under a rock, or maybe you just hate TV, but if you, if you do live under a rock, I'll let you know, Behind the Music is a, is a biographical show that runs on VH1, and it tells the story of, of musicians and, and bands, and, and kind of just their, their story, and, and how they get started, and, and how, they're, how they're coming up, and, and everything that's going on, and, and I've got to be honest, I, I love the show, I know there are some other people here that love the show, I've seen like every episode, and maybe you're judging me and thinking, why is he talking about that? But I just want to be honest today. I've seen almost every episode. And so I wanted to celebrate some of my favorite episodes of Behind the Music and showing us how much money changes everything. So I think you guys have some, some slides here. We can just scroll through. This is really the greatest hits of Behind the Music. These are some of my friends. I know you didn't think you'd see them on Easter, but there they are. We've got Millie Vanilli. We've got Kiss. We, we've got MC Hammer. Man, he's a good dancer. Uh, we've got Aerosmith. We, We've got Notorious B.I.G. Some of you don't know who that is, but that's just who we've got. Guns and Roses. I was going to wear a hat like that today, and then I was like, eh, that's a little awkward. So we've got Vanilla Ice. I wasn't going to wear that. Elton John. Check out those glasses. These are, these are some of my favorite episodes. We've got Run DMC. We've got The Monkees. Tupac. You've got to have Tupac, right? Some of you don't know who that is either. But anyway, New Kids on the Block. Everyone knows who they are because they're back. They, they span like five generations somehow. I don't know. But those are some of my, some of my favorite groups that have been on Behind the Music. And, and, and like I said, Behind the Music is simply just a, a one-hour show that basically tells a story. And so you get to see this group. They tell about their, their original vision in the formative stages, how they came to be, what exactly happened. And you get to see uh, you know, how they get discovered and how they come up through the ranks. And, and you get to see some initial breakthroughs the, the first time they talk to a, a record company or the first time they get to be on the radio or open up for a bigger artist. And, and you see all those breakthroughs and things. And, and you see some, some hints of cracks in the foundation. Sometimes you'll see uh, maybe some bad press or maybe you'll see that, that they like to party a little too much or that there's drug use. And, and some of those things happen. But eventually, if you stick around, 
32 minutes into the 60-minute show, they persevere, and they stay after the original dream, and you see their career start to take off. It's like clockwork in every episode. You see them start to just take off and be on the radio. You see them start to win awards. You see their albums start to sell. You see their tours start to sell out. You see them get this fame and fortune and be the group, the superpower, everything that they've ever wanted. But just like you can predict that they're going to take off in every show, right around 32 minutes, right around... 40 minutes, there's a, another predictable thing, and you see things start to go bad. You know, for, for some artists, it's, it's an arrest. For, for others, it's, it's a trip to rehab. And I don't mean to mock these people, but this is just the reality of this show. This is what you see. Sometimes, if you have a group, it's a, it's a fight, or it's a, it's a breakup, or they kick a member out, and they bring in some new people, and, and things get shuffled. And you don't want it to happen, but eventually these groups just kind of crash and burn when left to themselves and, and things aren't good. And it's, it's not just musicians. You guys buy groceries. You see the, the magazines at the checkout line. Some of you buy groceries. Let's be honest, guys. Some of us don't, all right? We don't even know how to find things. But theoretically, you know how magazines work in America, right? You've, you've been through the checkout line and you've seen the paparazzi loves to follow anyone, not just musicians, politicians, famous people, movie stars, anyone that has money that we've put on a pedestal we like to follow them and see what they're doing. And just like this show often shows us that these people can, can crash and burn when left to themselves, it's not just famous people who end up heartbroken or, or poor or, or divorced. Research has also shown that it's, it's people who win the lottery. They, they have money. Money changes everything. And yet many of us have seen those people end up miserable too. All of these things we're talking about, all of these life examples are just the fruit of, of people's lives. They're the, the outer part that we see. They're not the root issue. To, to see what's missing, we have to get to the root. And I bet every person in this room, I know you're thinking, well, I don't have as much money as those people, or I'm not as famous as those people, but I bet if we're being honest, you could name a time that life has let you down, that life has seemed difficult, that life has seemed hard, that something has gone wrong. It could have been that someone you loved and trusted took advantage of you, could have been that at a young age your parents went through a divorce or just had relationship trouble. It could have been that you yourself have been through a divorce. It could have been a friend or a sibling who's turned their back on you. It could be your health, as Cameron mentioned. It could be that you've lost a job, you've gone without work, you've made some bad financial decisions, and now you feel like that debt is catching up with you. It could be an addiction. Like I said, a broken relationship, the one that, that got away that you just always felt like you screwed things up. Life can be lonely, life can be difficult, and as we live life, eventually we, we realize those things. The things that we think can fill us, can complete us, can make us happy, make us happy forever, eventually they, they let us down, and we experience pain, we experience loneliness, and that's where our, our goofy video comes in, because Jesus changes everything. I know that sounds like a bumper sticker. I know it sounds like a t-shirt you would see somewhere at a bookstore. Jesus changes everything. It can be cliche, and yet it's true. Already this morning, you just got to see people be obedient to God in baptism, to say, I've invited Jesus into my life because I realize who he is, what he's done, and what he means, and I want him to change me, to make me a new creation. I want to make that public They've made that decision, and now they're, they're living that out for you. They've lived life. We've lived life. Rich and famous people have lived life, and life is crazy. And eventually, life 
will let us down. And, and maybe, maybe it took the first 20 years of your life until you realized that life was difficult. I feel like that's my story. I just lived in this awesome bubble that my parents had created where they would just hand me money and everything was great and I'd do whatever I wanted and life was good as long as I got A's and B's. And, but eventually we find out that, that some of the things we put our trust and our hope in in life are, are empty. Eventually we, we find out that we can't complete ourselves. Eventually we find out that the burdens that we carry are too much for us. And again, I want to say, Jesus changes everything. You might have a a Bible with you this morning. If you don't, I want to let you know that we snuck one under your chair, whether you knew that or not. And so I want to just quickly look at a passage, if you'll turn there with me. It's in the book of Titus. Book of Titus. Maybe you've got an iPhone or, or some other phone. You've got your iPad. You can look at that too if you want to be super cool. Or you can, uh, you can look at whatever you want. But there is a Bible there under your seat. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. It's in the New Testament. You can look it up in the table of contents. No shame in that. Titus chapter 2. I was reading this passage a few weeks ago. And we've been gearing up for this service and planning for this service. And I thought, man, that, that passage is so good. That's, that's something I want to share on Easter. Because I just feel like although you probably didn't think we'd be in the book of Titus this morning, I feel like this just captures the gospel quickly in a few verses and captures exactly what we want to celebrate this morning. And so we want to turn to God's word because he has, he has instructions. He has, he has something that he's revealed to us there. And so Titus chapter 2, verse 11. I'll read it to you. You can follow along if you want, or you can just listen along. It says this. It says, For the grace of God has been revealed bringing salvation to all people. Verse 12, And we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed. He gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, to cleanse us, and to make us his very own people totally committed to doing good deeds. If I could sum up Easter in a few verses, if I could have only said three sentences today, I probably would have read that to you. But I'd like to go back through that in case some of that was confusing or just to explain it a little more. Verse 11 said, For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Maybe you've heard John 3.16 before. For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, Jesus. So when it says the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people, it's simply saying that when Jesus came to earth, when he lived and died, he gave himself and he was the grace of God. There's nothing that, that we can do to complete ourselves because we have sin in our lives that separate us from God. There's nothing that we can do to make things okay or to make it all all right. But out of the grace of his heart, God sent his son, Jesus, And that is salvation for all people. We don't deserve it, but Jesus came and and he changes everything. Verse 12 says, And we're instructed to turn from godless living and sinful pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. Our lives aren't all a behind-the-music episode, but we know that that things in life can be tricky. Things can, can be empty. Things can let us down. Things cannot be the way that we want Jeremiah 2.13 says, My people have done two things. They've abandoned me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. This world is is ultimately hopeless and empty and and dry, and, and what we think will complete us, what we think will satisfy us, that living water is only found in Jesus, and yet we continue to look around in different things that give us pleasure for a moment. Nothing in this world will satisfy us. 
We've left God's plan. We were created to live with him, to know him. Adam and Eve were created in the Garden of Eden, and yet we were separated from him because of the sin in our lives, because of selfish things. But like that verse said, verse 11, it says, salvation has come to all people. Verse 13 says, while we look forward with hope to that wonderful day when the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be revealed, we're told to look forward to Jesus coming. And now you're thinking, okay, I don't know what that means. What does that look like? Verse 14 kind of answers all of that. It says, he, referring to Jesus, he gave his life to free us from every kind of sin, from all of the sin that's in our lives, all of the sin that separates us from God, all of the things that entangle us and drag us down and make us depressed and feel so empty. He gave his life for all of those things, to cleanse us from those things, to make us his people. Those words, Jesus changes everything. I don't know if you noticed, but they formed a bridge from one side to the other, from that pit that that guy fell down in. That's not a coincidence that we chose that video today because I think as as funny as that video is, it's a beautiful representation of the gospel. Jesus changes everything and through his sacrifice, through his blood, he removes the sin from our lives and he gives us access to God the Father and to the life that we were created to have. We weren't created to complete ourselves. We weren't created to self-correct. We're actually told, Jesus said, apart from me you can do nothing. Our lives of sin don't lead anywhere. And yet Jesus changed all that and took it away. The Bible tells us that if we understand who Jesus is, what he's done, that we can put our our faith and our hope and our trust in him. We can give our lives to him. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The same way that Jesus came and sacrificed his own life, he gave his own life to take away our sins, to give us access to God the Father, to give us life. We can turn around and say, I understand the sacrifice that you made and I want to live my life for you. I want to give my life to you. I want to honor your sacrifice, give you control of my life. We can make that same decision. Jesus tells us that his purpose is to give us a rich and satisfying life. Another translation of that verse in John says that Jesus came to give us life abundantly. Giving up control of our life sounds like a crazy thing that that no one would want to do. Who wants to give their life to someone else and let someone else make their decisions? And yet Jesus, God the Father, are so much greater than us. So So much more powerful. So much beyond our human comprehension. You're not giving your life to someone who doesn't understand you. You're not giving your life to someone who doesn't have your best interest at heart. You're giving your life to someone who created you, who you were created to know, someone who will give you love and relationship and belonging like you have never known. You are giving your life to someone who gave their life for you. That's someone that you can trust. Jesus tells us here on earth, we'll have all kinds of things go wrong. We'll have trials, we'll have sorrow, we'll have things that depress us, things that don't go right. But he said, take heart, because I have overcome the world. Money isn't everything. Google lied to us. Behind the music is really what we should be watching, because it teaches us the truth, right? It, it shows us that life can be empty, that things can crash and burn, and that sometimes things don't go as we planned. Money isn't everything. Fame isn't everything. No earthly relationship that you have is Everything. I don't mean to say, go home and don't talk to your wife. Husbands, we all know, would get in trouble for that, right? I don't mean to say, don't hug your kids and don't love your kids. And yet, none of those things will complete you. You were created in the image of God. You were created to know God. 
but we're separated from God because of our lives, because of sin. Jesus came out of the grace and love of his heart and gave his life so that by believing in him, by putting our faith and our hope and our trust in him, we can know God and we can have the relationship, the love, the belonging that will complete us like nothing else. We can have, we can have the, the thing that's been missing, the one way that we just felt that we were incomplete. We can have life just by believing and, and receiving Jesus' free gift of salvation. Jesus changes everything. And maybe you've never taken a moment in your life to say that Jesus is, is your everything. Maybe, maybe you've said Jesus is something, or he's, he's a thing, or I've heard people talk about him. I, I guess that's, that's neat, uh, but I don't, I don't really know what he is. That's a decision that everyone has to make. That's a personal decision and something that should be very serious and yet very important to you. As Jesus was crucified on the cross to take the punishment for our sins, there was a soldier there who stood in front of Jesus, Mark 15 tells us, and, and he heard Jesus cry out. He saw this whole thing unfold. He saw him, him crucified. He saw him punished. He saw the way he took this punishment. And it says that, that when Jesus died, he said, surely this man is the son of God. He could see his character and he could see what he was doing for that soldier and for us. That isn't exactly what you would expect from someone who watched Jesus die a brutal death. It's not what you would expect from someone who was right there as this horrific thing took place. You would think that, that if nothing else, he would just be terribly sad or sickened that he had to watch this. I've never watched anything like that happen to a person, but I can imagine that it would be upsetting. I can imagine that it would just, it would just tear you up to see it unfold. And some of us, the, the way that we view Jesus, we think, oh, when I'm around Christians or church, I, I just feel bad, and oh, I feel bad. I'm going to go home and feel bad all afternoon and, and just be real solemn and, and not talk a lot. Cause, yeah, that's awful what happened to him. He, I hear he was a really good guy. That Jesus, good, good for him. But this guy watched him die a brutal death and cried out, surely he was the son of God. That's the opposite of how most of us respond to Jesus' death. We just feel sad or horrible or sometimes we even pity him. But we shouldn't. The natural response is worship. The natural response is to give our lives the way that Jesus gave his the reason that most of us feel sad is because we think all oh, those people, they took that guy and they, they killed him, they murdered him, and oh, that was awful. It wasn't, it wasn't the Romans' idea. It was Jesus' idea. It was his idea to come and die and rise from the dead so that we could have life. He didn't die so that we could feel sorry for him because he's pitiful, but so that we would worship him because he's powerful and defeated death. Worship is the exact opposite of feeling sorry for someone. You can feel sorry for someone and not feel compelled to submit your life to them. You can feel sorry for someone and actually think lower of them, and that's not what Jesus wants from us. He didn't die to evoke your pity or so that you would feel bad. He died so that he could consume your life. So in the same way that he gave all of himself to us, you could give all of yourself to him. Pity has no place at the cross. Worship and submission has a place at the cross. So today, I simply want to ask that question. Will you say that Jesus changes everything? Will you let him change everything? Will you make him your everything? 
If you understand who he is and you understand what he's done and you're ready to simply say, I understand that that Jesus gave himself, I understand that God sent him and that by dying and, and, and rising from the dead, he gave his life for my sins. He gave his life so that I could have life. If you're ready to say that with your heart, to say that with your mouth and and mean that, and you're ready to give him your life, you're ready to say that he's everything, and you're ready to follow him. But that's not something that that we want to be an emotional decision. It's not something that we want to manipulate people with today, and yet I think that there's no more important decision in life. There's no greater decision than understanding who you are, who you were created to be, and living a complete life by knowing the greatest love ever. That's a decision that I want to see people in this room make. That's a decision that I believe is important, and so we want to offer that opportunity. I want you to, to take a moment right where you are right now, and go ahead and, and, and just talk to God. Go ahead and, 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 and put your head down. Just, just pray to him, talk to him. Maybe you haven't talked to God in years, but I want to I just ask you that you guys would do that. We can go ahead and, and bring the lights down. I want to ask that you talk to God, that you just spend a moment saying, Lord, where am I at with you? Maybe, maybe it's been days, weeks, months, years since you've talked to God. But if for the first time you're realizing who Jesus is, for the first time it's really taking hold in your heart what he did for you, what he gave for you, and if for the first time you're realizing that your response should be worship, should be your life, just go ahead and talk to him and and say those things. Lord, I realize who you are. I realize what you've done. Jesus, I I want you to to come into my life to, to bridge the gap between me and God the Father, to take the sin out of my heart and out of my life. I want to be made new. You can say that this morning. Go ahead and take a quiet moment and say that right where you are. Say that in your mind. Say that in your heart. Talk to God. mentioned that that's not a decision that that we take lightly because you're saying Jesus changes everything not Jesus is involved in everything or Jesus is kind of hanging out he's around Jesus changes everything and so I'm going to ask you to do something bold today I'm going to ask you to make that decision known a little bit because a decision to to invite Jesus into your life to invite him into your heart to change your life is a significant decision we want to help you in that decision we want to see your, your faith, your walk with Christ, your relationship with Christ. We want to see that grow. We want to see that made strong. We want to help you in that. And so I'm going to ask you this morning, I don't want to embarrass you, but I believe that, that if you mean this in your heart with your life, that, that you will do this. I'm going to ask you to put your hand up if, if you made that decision this morning. If you ask Jesus to come into your life, to come into your heart, to, to change your life. If you made that decision... And sometimes we're, we're embarrassed about those things. We don't want to do those things. I knew you guys might feel that way. I planned ahead. You guys have my phone number back there? You do. I've never given my phone number out to this many people before. But if you've made that decision, 
I would love for you right where you are right now to text me. I promise, I won't think you're weird. I just would love to talk to you and and celebrate this with you and say, congratulations, thank you for giving your life to Jesus. Here's a way that that you can grow. Go ahead, pull your phone out right now. I promise no one's watching. It's not an embarrassing thing. This is the goal of today and this is what what we wanna celebrate. Just, Just text me, say, hey Mark, this is who I am. I'll grab my phone and text back, I promise. Just say, today I, I invited Jesus into my life, into my heart. I want him to, to change everything. You can do that right now. We're going to continue singing and, and celebrating. I would love for you to just continue thinking about who Jesus is and what he's asking of your life. So let's do that together. Let's sing together.